You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, just go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. Or you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. I hope you are a sip on some fizzy housewives inspired rosé for yourself or wine for yourself because it's not just a rosé now we have the new white wine it is 13% alcohol by volume but less than a gram of sugar we've been drinking them all along the spilling tea live tour with me and Adam Newell from Up and Adam so if you guys want to stock up if you tried it at the show and you're like I want some now go to nofilterwine.com it is yummy, 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 yummy. You're fine on this end. Okay, thank you, guys. Emily said you sang WAP with her on karaoke in Nashville. Okay, as long as Emily disclosed that, I was like, oh, my God. I don't know what I can disclose with poor Emily. I don't want to out her. But if if she has come out and said and, and confessed that we gave a full belt out of WAP, 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 if she has, has disclosed that with all of you, then I guess it's fair to say, yes, we gave a full performance in Nashville, me, Adam, and Emily. It was actually really funny. Let me tell this story before we dive into all the tea. We do have a lot of tea to get into. We'll get into the Garcelle book stuff. We'll get into the Cherie um, rumors. We'll get into the Margaret Josephs versus Teresa and the producers asking Teresa to leave. We'll dive into all the tea. But since someone brought this up on the YouTube uh, live comments, um, so we had decided to go out to karaoke and I wasn't really do- participating in the karaoke. I was like, maybe if you can pull up like expensive by Erica Jane, like I'll do it. Um, and I didn't think they would ever actually find it. But I ended up going to the restroom and then I come back from the restroom and I was singing from our table. We had a table like right in front of the stage. Um, and I was singing from the table while everyone else was going up and doing karaoke while the posse was on stage doing their karaoke. And then all of a sudden I'm coming back from the restroom and I look at who's on deck next and it says, why? Zach. And I'm like, oh shit, am I actually doing WAP? I think I had like joked about it earlier in the night, but I didn't know if I was actually going to do it. And then it was there. And then they're like, all right, here's the microphone. And I'm like, oh shit, I guess I'm doing this. And so I just start belting out WAP. And then before I know it, I have Emily on one side and Adam on the other side. And we're just belting out WAP to these, to this room of Nashville locals, visitors, I don't probably both who are, I'm sure, just clenching their pearls as we were belting out WAP to everybody in Nashville. I mean, it was it was hilarious. Um I don't know if the video exists, but it was great. I put my roof down yesterday and WAP hit the speakers and as I hit the freeway fastest drive ever. It's the best. It really is. We had so much fun in Nashville. We'll get into all the Nashville stuff. We will. I will do a full like deep dive into all of the Spilling Tea live tour at the end of this. Like once we get through it right now, I'm trying to get through. It's so much fun, but it's so much work and it's so exhausting. And I have such like a mix and a range of emotions. Um, But like, (sighs) this process has really been like a dream come true of mine to go on tour and to, I mean, Adam and Jason have been like such an incredible team to work with. Emily is like insanely incredible to us and so supportive. And um, it's just, it's been incredible. Sorry, Adam and Jason are both texting me right now. Um, 
and I can't listen to the audio notes and I'm not going to play them on the show because who knows what they actually say. But anyway, there's a lot with this tour that I am just so overwhelmed and grateful for. Um, And I, I give a little bit of a preview into like the LA show and a little bit into Nashville. I was on Hot Takes and Deep Dives today with my friend Jess Rothschild's who's going to be at the New York show. I was on her podcast today. So if you go to listen to Hot Takes and Deep Dives, we we talk a bit about the tour. We talk a lot about Bethany. We do a full Bethany deep dive. You know that, that if you listen to Jess and I when we collab on each other's shows, Bethany's always a topic of conversation for us. So... Yeah. Um, But like I said, a full episode on the tour will be coming soon. We have the behind the scenes series that's also going to be starting to drop this week, I believe. So if you want all of the behind the scenes and like the footage that we've personally, I know Jason from Down With Jason has been releasing like behind the scenes vlogs on his channel, which if you haven't checked them out, they're hilarious and they're great. Um, But Adam and I and our cameraman have also been filming a ton of extra content that we're now in the process of editing all together and we'll have one one full behind the scenes of LA, one full behind the scenes of Nashville, and one full behind the scenes of New York. That is on our live stream VIP tickets. So if you want those, then you have to get the the VIP, either the bundle or the VIP tickets for the individual shows for each of those. Um, Zach, I need to replay Nashville. Can't get it to work. It should be working on your Stellar account. If you're having any tech issues, guys, then please reach out to Stellar. They handle all, they are probably way better at at helping us than, um, at helping you guys than Adam or I would be when it comes to the tech issues. So Stellar in the email, when you bought your tickets, you should be able to access that. Um, I do know that there was a a new file for the Nashville show that was re-uploaded because we wanted to make sure we extended those. Originally, they were only supposed to be available for seven days after each show, but we decided to extend it until the end of the month. So they're available until May, all three shows, if you buy those tickets, if you buy the VIP tickets. If you only get the GA tickets, which were the $4.99 tickets, then you only had access to the stream itself. Um, But the the rebroadcast is available for the VIP ticket buyers. Um, But yeah, so, and I just, I also have to add, that um, all month long, you know, Adam and I have been trying our best to stay healthy while traveling on tour, which is why I have to give a shout out to my pals at Pure Cane because they've been so amazing. They've been so supportive of me for so long, and I'm excited to have them as a sponsor of our tour. Pure Cane is an all-natural, zero-calorie sweetener, so we can meet our sweet tooth fix without the gnarly sugar bomb, but... For me, the best part of it is that it tastes just like sugar. It's made from sugar cane, so it has that nice, sweet flavor to it. Even better, it's diabetic-friendly, it's vegan-friendly, it's keto-friendly. So whatever your goals are, Pure Cane is here to help. You can mix it in your favorite drinks, swap it for your favorite baking recipes. The options are endless. Thank you, Pure Cane, for keeping us and our Spilling Tea Tour guests happy and healthy. Guys, if you want to give Pure Cane a try, I highly suggest you go and check it out at purecane.com. That's purecane.com. It's also available on Amazon. If you want to order it on Amazon, it's in my Amazon storefront. So there you go. Whew, what should we start with first? Margaret Joseph's, um, Cherie Zampino, um, Garcelle's book. We'll get into the Garcelle's book, uh, but let's start with Margaret Joseph's, who has now revealed or confirmed that Teresa and Louis were asked to leave the Nashville house after the big fight, which... Adam and I went to the spot, the uh, Nashville Underground, which is will be part of our behind the scenes uh, series. Um, 
but we went there to see like where it all went down and we definitely painted the town. I was going to say paint the town red, but I guess in this case we painted the town pink for spilling tea live. But so after that whole fight where Teresa slams all the dishes over at Margaret and throws the drink at her and then like storms out calling her a see you next Tuesday and screaming throughout the whole bar, I guess is what it was called. Um, a bar arcade. I don't know. I guess it's a bar. It was like a big bar though, or like a bar strip. I don't really know how to describe the Nashville underground. But anyway, Margaret Josephs was on Kate Casey's reality life podcast. And she said that there's a reason we didn't see Teresa actually leave the house or have a conversation with Louie about, you know, oh, we should leave. We're going to leave the house. Margaret's like, read between the lines. There's a reason we don't see that scene because that scene didn't happen. The producers asked them to leave because they didn't think that she should be staying there, which mm -hmm, I know that's right. Zach Peter, have you spoken to any housewife within the last two weeks aside from Margaret Josephs? If so, who was it? Um, have I spoken to any, to a, any, oh, I think you mean a New Jersey housewife in the last two weeks aside from Margaret. I don't believe that I have. I've been on tour the past two weeks, Joe Mendoza. I've been busy, busy, honey, busy. Um, Donna Bell says, hit that like button, y'all. Yes, hit that like button, guys, if you're watching this live on YouTube right now. But I think Teresa should have left the house. I mean, the way she acted, the way that she behaved, the way security had to pull her out of that. No, that was not appropriate. And she should have absolutely been asked to leave the Nashville house because it could have continued to have gotten worse. And obviously, they want to make sure that the next encounter between Teresa and Margaret is caught on camera and not at the house. Not like Teresa waking up in the middle of the night, you know, coming with a eh, eh, eh. Um, oh, Northeast as in New York, New Jersey, Potomac. Um, I've been talking to a couple of the New York housewives, Joe Mendoza, but mm, that's all I got to say. I'm excited to see you in New York, Joe, on April 28th. Margaret Josephs is going to be at our show, at our Spilling Tea Live show at City Winery NYC, which is right along the Hudson River, April 28th. Tickets are still available, and you can get those at SpillingTeaLive.com. SpillingTeaLive.com. Jess Rothschild's also going to be in it. DJ Richie Sky is going to be in it. Sarah Galley is going to be in it. Anthony Lario, Tom Hamlet from the Dumpster Dive podcast. It's going to be a fun time, guys. So get your tickets at SpillingTeaLive.com. Okay, so there are new rumors slash allegations. Um, God, everybody's blowing up my phone today. It's expensive to be me. Eh, eh, eh. If you knew how much it cost to put on a tour, then you would know it is very expensive to be uh, 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 us. Okay, so Real Housewives of Beverly Hills newbie. She's a friend of... Um, Cherie Zampino, she's the ex-wife of Will Smith, has now been accused of selling fake designer handbags and of, what's the proper term? I know there's an actual term um, where she's been asking people to give her money in return for like the sermons that she's been giving on Instagram. But let's kind of break this down. So she's been accused of selling fake handbags on her site, Cherie Elizabeth. It's so hard because her name is Cherie. And then we have Cherie Whitfield from Real Housewives of uh, Atlanta. And their names are basically spelled the same way. But hers is pronounced Cherie. And then Cherie from Atlanta is pronounced Cherie. So it's a little, uh, do you have to be vacked? Um, no, Namie, uh, Namie lover. I don't believe so. So 
Yes. Um, Caroline Harris wants to know, what about Kempire? Will he be at your your New York show? Um, I, th- I believe he's out of town. I know a lot of people have had questions about that, but I don't think he's actually in town that week. So, I mean, it would have, I would have, I know we invited him and I know we would have loved to have seen him there, but um, I don't think he was available. So, yeah, that I guess answers that, Caroline. Um, but Namie, the the answer to your question is, I believe the answer is no. Um, okay, so according to some rumors on the internet, or well, actually screenshots that have now been surfacing through the internet, it look there are screenshots of Cherie's website, and in looking at the the handbags that she's selling to me they don't necessarily look like fake like Chanel bags or fake like designer bags they look like knockoffs to me so I think it's a little messy to say that she's selling fake handbags or fake designer handbags they do look like replicas of designer handbags but like you can get shit like this at the mall they have shit like this at the mall when you go to the mall and they have those little kiosks in the middle and they have like oh Dolce & Gabbana sunglasses like those obviously aren't real Dolce & Gabbana sunglasses maybe they kind of look like Dolce & Gabbana maybe they're inspired by Dolce & Gabbana, but they're knockoffs. I mean, I live in downtown LA. There's a whole fashion district where it's like basically dedicated to knockoffs of designer shit. So is she felling? I, to me, I define fake designer handbags as somebody that creates a bag that looks like a Chanel bag and then writes on the bag Chanel and like tries to sell it to you as if it's a genuine Chanel bag when it's not actually a genuine Chanel bag. These, again, just look to me like knockoffs. They're not intended to be the originals, but, you know, they kind of emulate them in a way. They're inspired by them in a way. Obviously, we kind of know, you know, it's like when, you know, you see fake Gucci and it's like, you know, a a C and a G or something or like a G and they're, I don't know, you know, it's meant to mock it, but not or not mock it because mock intends like you're poking fun, but like it's meant to look like it, but it's not necessarily meant to be a direct you know, replica. It's meant to just kind of be a knockoff. So uh, it's a little grimy. Yes. Is it illegal? No, it's illegal to put a Chanel name or a Balenciaga name on a product that's not Chanel or Balenciaga. That is is illegal. But in this case, you know, stealing some inspo to kind of create something that kind of sort of looks like it. So you can kind of sort of get away with looking rich or you know like you can afford these expensive things whatever yes Val Porter emulate them um is it a little grimy yes is it illegal no but here's the other part and this is the part where I start to take a little bit of issue with some of the rumors regarding Cherie she's been also asking for like Venmo and cash app tips after some of the sermons that she's been giving on Instagram. She is very religious. Um, She loves to preach to the people. And I think that that's great. But there are a couple of captions that people have been taking issue with in regards to asking people to give her donations. So one of them being, if you don't sow a seed, you will have nothing to reap and will not grow financially. So 
the wording's a little iffy. Um, it could mean a lot of different things. But so here's like the full caption. Many ask about sowing into these words. Sowing is an opportunity. Sowing isn't like sowing seeds. Sowing is an opportunity, a way of spiritual agreement and participation. Even $1, it's still a legit seed. Remember, what you reap, you will sow. Sowing e- or uh, what you reap, you will sow. Therefore, no sowing equals no reaping. Let's get into agreement and grow together. And then she lists her cash app after that. So in this, it looks like she's implying, I'm not trying to make up words for her, but in reading this caption, it looks like it's implying that sowing your seed and investing in your future means investing in her. How giving her a dollar is investing in your spiritual future, I don't fully understand that. Um, So people are comparing her to Mary Cosby and saying that, ooh, this is also maybe a little culty, maybe a little weird, maybe a little, you know, interesting. Hi, Maria Gonzalez. Welcome to your first live, my love. Um, So to me, this also seems a little slimy. Because for me, it's the insinuation that giving her money is the seed. You're planting the seed in her. Okay, saying that out loud sounds a little sexual, and I don't mean it to be. Um, But that's kind of what she's saying, though, right? Talking like a cult leader. Yeah, Amber, it does sound a little cult leader-ish. Sounds very prosperity gospel-y. And, like, here's the thing. Because people on YouTube, people in podcasts, people that go live on Instagram, they ask for donations. They ask for tips. They say, hey, if you're enjoying this content, you know, send some love my way. I know there are super chats here on YouTube. When I go live on Instagram, there are badges that people can send. I'm always very appreciative and grateful of when people send any sort of tip or donation um, because to me, that's sweet. And if she were just asking for donations, like, hey, if you guys enjoyed today's message, I'll, uh, you know, thank you for all the love and support. It's appreciated. You know, if you want to send me some love, here's my Venmo. Here's my cash app. Here's my whatever, you know, if you guys want to. But in this case, she's directly kind of saying, you know, give me money. And that's you planting a seed into your future. What does that mean? Is it like a Jen Shaw Trump kind of future where, you know, you're taking my money because you're going to invest it for me? Is it a Tom Girardi sort of investment sort of deal? Not comparing her, but I'm just asking questions like what is the investment in? Is it is it a Mary Cosby type of investment where you give me your money and I'm going to make you closer to Jesus? Like, what is the seed that I'm planting by giving you money directly? And I understand because there's also like that whole manifestation piece of things where they're like, you know, you have to spend more money in order to get money. And the more you invest into your life, the more your life is going to give back to you. I get that. But in this case, she's literally being like, here's my cash app. Give me a dollar. And that's a legit seed into your growth. Let's grow together. It seems a little, it feels very Mary Cosby to me. I'm not going to lie. It feels very preachy and like not the good kind of preachy. Um, It's like one of those TV pastors. The TV pastors are the ones that are out there driving the real nice fancy cars and, and asking for donations for the church. And really they're kind of pocketing and benefiting it. And I'm not saying that that's what Cherie is doing, but I feel like we can very easily fall down that slippery slope in this direction. That's a polite way to put it, right? Not going to get sued for that. Allegedly. That's what everybody loves to say. Allegedly. Um, Okay, let's talk about Garcelle's book for a minute. Um, Because that raised a lot of questions and speculation and Erica Jane tweets. 
her new book that recently came out that Erica Jane threw into the trash and everyone's like, oh, Erica, you're a petty mess. You're no longer a pretty mess. You're a petty mess. Uh." And Erica's like, well, don't use me to sell your book. And then um, people are like, well, she didn't say anything about you in the book, but she doesn't really say anything about Erica in the book. And then Erica then clarified it. She's like, it's not that she said anything about me in the book, uh, but she does talk about Rena. She does talk about Amelia. She does, Rena's daughter. She does talk about Kyle. Um, and so she's like, but, and she is using me and using my very delicate and personal uh, legal issues to promote her book, which I get. But also at the same time, it's like when you're on a press tour and you're on a reality show and one of your co-stars is in a situation like Erica's, like questions about them are going to come up. Like that's just going to be a natural thing. So I don't know what, you know, like Erica does kind of have an argument because it's like, okay, well, if we really, because like Garcelle is talking a lot about Erica on The Real and she's giving like her opinions about Erica and what she thinks about Erica. And it's like, if you weren't trying to utilize Erica for your press, then you could just be like, look, her stuff is her stuff. I'm not getting into any of that. You're going to have to watch the show to see her behavior. But, you know, her and I maybe aren't on the best terms right now. You could easily say something like that. But Garcelle's leaning in a lot more, which to me is kind of saying she wants to kind of capitalize off of this a little bit. I mean, and can you really be upset with her? She has a book to sell and she's trying to sell it. And Erica, I think, is really helping her make some sales, especially after posting on Instagram that she threw her book in the trash. Well, I have the excerpts from the book. I was reading through them this morning and, you know, Erica did say that or we do know that there is some beef with Rinna and with Kyle in relation to the things that were brought up in the book. Let's get into what she actually says about the other women in the book because she talks about all of them. Um, so she brings up this scene on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills where she asked Rinna if dancing in her underwear on Instagram could be affecting her daughter's eating disorder and issues with body dysmorphia. She says, Garcelle, that it was a very heartfelt moment that she thought it was a mom to mom type of bonding moment, you know, because she as a mother also was kind of, oh my God, is that Adam? Of course, Adam's calling me. Of course, Adam, I'm, can people tell Adam I'm live right now on the internet and I'm trying to tape? Um, Actually, let me answer this. (laughs) This might actually be kind of funny. Hi, you're live on YouTube right now. I just want you to know that on the podcast. Hi. Um, can I call you back in like 10, 20 minutes? Absolutely. Everybody go to purecane.com. Bye. <laughs> Shut up. Bye. Um, okay, so there's that. Um, yeah, thank you. Adam made a fun little cameo. Hi, Adam. Hi. Yes. Hi, guys. Um, okay, so Garcelle says that it was a fun, heartfelt moment that she was, she, or not a fun, but a, 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 a mom-to-mom heartfelt moment that she thought she was having with Lisa Renna. She didn't realize Lisa Renna was going to be so offended by it. She also didn't realize Amelia was going to go all fuck off a few days later. Um, and that the reaction from it felt very mean girls, which is a fun Twitter term that a lot of people that don't like Lisa Renna and Kyle and Dorit and all of them and Erica, they call them the mean girls, the Real, House, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, mean girls. So Garcelle says that it felt very mean girls and that they would have, uh, it would have been better if the fuck off came from Lisa Renna directly and not from Amelia Gray. 
She also said that the reunion that season, her first season, was torturous and she felt attacked by them. Then she talks about Kyle calling her out for not paying on her auction item at Kyle's charity event for Children's Hospital. She says that Kyle could have handled that differently as well and that it was a misunderstanding that she immediately resolved when she spoke to her business manager and realized the payment never went through. She took care of it right away. She said that she brought up to Kyle how the statements affect black women, insinuating that black women don't pay their bills. And she says that when she brought that up to, to Kyle on camera, that Kyle looked very uncomfortable and that Kyle was inwardly screaming and screaming to be rescued. She says that Kyle in that moment would have loved to have had a bravo, bravo, fucking bravo moment like Denise Richards and that Kyle wanted out of that conversation. She refers to what Kyle did as snakery. And she says more, um, she says that she... More than she's mad at Kyle, she was embarrassed by how Kyle tried to make her appear on the show. And that's really what she says. She also talks about Dorit and Erica. She says that she instantly bonded with Dorit and Erica, that, you know, Erica's seen some shit in her life and Erica's been through some shit. And so, you know, she liked that Erica is very much a straight shooter. She loved that Dorit is a girly girl and that Dorit is into fashion because Garcelle also is into fashion and also claims to be a girly girl. So... She didn't say anything negative about Erica or Dorit in the book. She really just seems to dog out Kyle. Now, I, I believe I've mentioned this on the podcast before, that there were rumors that Garcelle had been trying to get on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for many, many years, and that in her audition tapes that she threw jabs at Kyle back then, basically saying that like she could steal Mauricio from Kyle if she wanted to, like things like that. This is all hearsay and like rumors. I haven't actually seen these audition tapes, but I do know people who claim to have seen those audition tapes, and these are the things that they claim Garcelle has said. Um... Again, that is secondhand information. I don't know how true that is. Those are just rumblings that I've heard online. So it does kind of make sense that there is this like underlying tension or beef between Kyle and Garcelle that has gone back a long time. Parker R. on YouTube says Garcelle has been going after Kyle from the jump. Yeah, so it does make sense that maybe that was there was a little bit of truth to that somewhere, somehow, you know, something. Guys, if you are watching this on YouTube, please hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and hit that bell notification button. That way the T always pops up in your notifications. So my thoughts on what Garcelle says about the other women in the book. Is it that bad? No. Do I think she should have brought up Amelia Gray at all? No. Does she really come for Amelia Gray? Not really. Um, but I understand why it would be upsetting for her to be brought up in the book at all. Like why even, you know, Erica tweeted and she's like, I published my book and I was a New York Times best bestselling author. I didn't even have celebrity endorsements like Garcelle did. And I was still able to hit the bestseller list. Um, she also said she didn't trash any of the other women in her book. She does, I, you know, talk about her experience on Housewives, but she's like, my book was about my story and I didn't need to shell out any of my beef with the other women in the book in order to try to sell it. She's like, I sold it based off of my story and my persona and people's interest in that. So, I mean, again, I think it's a very fine line and it really depends on which way you tilt your head that day, whether you think Garcelle is really using Erica to promote her book. And it's like, also, can you be upset with that? Like she's got, you know, books to sell. Um, but in reading the excerpts from the book, it doesn't seem like she really comes for anybody but Kyle. She doesn't really come for Lisa Rinna. Um, 
But again, if all of that beef had been settled, then why rehash it in the book again? Like, why bring it all up again? Why talk about it again? You can really just talk about your, like, experience joining Housewives, but why get into all, you know, some of these, like, little details of, you know, tiffs or beef that you had with the women individually? To me, that just, you know. Eh, eh. Joe Mendoza says, I wonder what the timing was when Rena and Garcelle allegedly had the handshake and when the book was ready for publication? Um, that's a good question. I mean, it really depends. Sometimes books can be busted out and put uh, sent from manuscript to the printer within like two months. Sometimes it's a lot longer of a process. It all really depends. Donna says, I'm team Garcelle. Erica is like Erica like she's doing for the victims. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I don't think the things in the book that she says about the other women are terribly bad, other than I think the biggest, you know, punch she throws is Kyle's way. Um, but I'll let you guys interpret that however you guys want. Erica's also been on a bit, of, a bit of a tweeting spree. She's claimed that she's not dating anyone, but she's having a lot of sex and she's having a lot of fun. Our pal Joe Mendoza asked her who she would rather, Ronald Richards or Jay Edelson, and she also said that she um, that neither of them could handle her. So she claims to be freaking in the bedroom. She says that she loves Diana Jenkins, who she claims is a true survivor with a story to tell. Curious to see what we see with Diana Jenkins. There are also those rumors that some people have been DMing me about Diana Jenkins, like running a brothel or being a part of like some sex trafficking scandal. I haven't found too much about that either. Um, again, you know, I'm always going to give it to you straight. I'm not going to give you low budget tea. I'll talk about it as it comes up, but I'm also going to give you my interpretation of it. Just like Cherie selling the fake handbags. Are they really fake handbags? Not really. Garcelle dogging the women in the book. Does she really dog them in the book? Not as, as deeply as the internet would like us to believe. Same thing with Diana Jenkins. All the rumors were mostly just blind items and Reddit theories, but there's no actual legitimate evidence or proof to it. I know Jacques Peterson from the Unpopular Podcast did a full episode where he dove deep into the Diana Jenkins stuff. Yes, you're right, Parker. Jacques did break it down a few months ago, um, right when she was announced as being cast on the show. So this was definitely like maybe December, maybe November-ish, or maybe even at the top of this year. I don't know. You'll have to go to the Unpopular Podcast or DM him for that link. But I have talked to him about it. I'm like, look, is there any... I haven't found anything. I haven't listened to your deep dive. Sorry, I love you. We're still friends. But did you find anything that sounds incriminating? He's like, no, this is literally just fan speculation and Reddit theories and none of it has any seemingly any merit or, or uh, substance to it. So take that for what it's worth. Lindsay Hubbard uh, dished on Summer House. She says that the reunion, I think it was to entertainment tonight. She says that the reunion is a big gang up on her. She claims that she also didn't know that Sierra was that into Austin since she she claims that Sierra also made out with Alex and Carl that summer. So she's like, how is it that you were so hung up on Austin and yet you were making out with Alex and Carl, both who are in this house? So she's like, so I didn't really understand where Sierra was coming from with these feelings. Obviously, when you're in a situation like a summer house and you're staying with these people and you're filming a reality show and you're drinking so much, like emotions are very heightened. And there's, you know, a lot to really 
process and all of that. So you have moments like these. So I kind of feel for Sierra. I don't agree with her, you know, getting all up in Danielle's face and throwing a glass at her. I thought that was a bit much. It was a great reality TV moment, but that was also a bit much. But it sounds like the um, the reunion is going to be juicy. I'm curious to see how much Lindsay talks about Austin in the reunion, though. I do know that she, in the Entertainment Tonight interview, said that you know, her and Austin, I guess, are done. That more happened after that Watch What Happens Live appearance where she was there in the audience and he claimed that Sierra was a better kisser and a better lover and all of those things right in front of Lindsay. So she says that more things have transpired since then and she's kind of done with Austin. She's like over it. She's over him. She's not going back to it. She's like zero, 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 done. So take that for what it's worth. Well, since Summer House does take place in New York, And Adam and I are coming to New York City, April 28th at City Winery NYC for our Spilling Tea Live Tour. It's going to be our final stop. We announced three cities and New York is going to be our last city from the original announcement. And we're kind of sad about that. We're talking about what is next and more dates, possibly, maybe. I think it's kind of definitely. But we have yet to officially make that decision or announce any new cities just yet. So like we have been telling you guys, if you want more cities, let us know and let us know where you want us to come. Um, we would be happy to come to the next place. So thank you guys all so much for supporting this Billing Tea Live Tour. LA was incredible. Nashville was incredible. I mean, this really is such a dream come true for me. So the fact that I get to share it with you guys, the fact that I have a new... I mean, well, I mean, Adam and I have been friends for a minute, but I feel like, you know, him and Jason, like we've become real good friends through all of this. And that's very exciting um, and gratifying and getting to meet everybody, getting to have the wine at these actual events and drinking them with you and hearing the like feedback in real time. Like it's, it's truly been so uh, um, special. Hi, Norma, Norma Maldonado. I'll see you in New York, my love. You're still selling Spilling Tea merch. Yes, guys, the Spilling Tea merch is back on sale. I believe if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see them all down below under this screen. The merch is back on sale. It is restocked. It will be restocked until the end of the month. So be sure to place your order while you can. We have the individual cities, New York, Nashville, LA, and then we have the master city, the master artwork that has all three cities included. So there you go, guys. Get your merch. It's also available. The link is on SpillingTLive.com. Tickets are on SpillingTLive.com. Livestream tickets are on SpillingTLive.com. And like I said, our first drop of the behind-the-scenes footage from LA will be coming this week. So stay tuned for that. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. This has been so fun and so exciting to go on tour and see everybody. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Edward. Thank you, Norma. Thank you, Val. Thank you, Amy. Hi, Renee and 89. What's going on, girl? Also, everyone's been asking about the meet and greet photos that we've been taking with you guys at the tour stops. Those are also available. Once we get them from the photographers, those are available on the Spilling Tea Live website. I believe it's SpillingTeaLive.com slash Los Angeles and SpillingTeaLive.com slash Nashville. SpillingTeaLive.com slash NYC. When those become available, that's what the, the, the URLs will be. So you can go and check those out there. We love you. Um, yes, get them now because this is history in the making. You'll want a piece of it. Oh, thank you, Norma. It was so great seeing you in LA, my love. And I cannot wait to see you in, in New York. 
Thank you guys. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at Just Plain Zach all over the internet. Ooh, Coffee Buzz is going to be wearing my hoodie, wearing that hoodie. You get it, Coffee Buzz. You can follow the show at No Filter with Zach if you want the tea on Instagram. It's at No Filter with Zach. The wine is at NoFilterWine.com. Um, try Purecane at Purecane.com and get your Spilling Tea Live tickets at SpillingTeaLive.com. All right, guys. I love you. Appreciate you. I will talk to you very soon. Bye.